it's good to see y'all. And I'm doing my best to like be here present fully. Yeah, yeah, so you understand. So this morning, I am, I, I want to speak to you about our speaker. I used to say when Amon would be with us, our guest speaker, this is going to be less of a bio introduction and more about, Amon, forgive me if, you know, I'm just going to do what I do here. Um, you know, I'm emboldened after this three weeks away, let me just be clear. Um, this is more about, I want to speak to the benefit for me of our relationship. So I first experienced Reverend Amon in the mid-80s. He was the minister of East Bay Church of Religious Science. And so that's how I first, the dynamic minister, let me be clear, because I was, you know, I slid into the Berkeley house in Berkeley uh, over there on university, and he was wearing it out. And so um, I played there you know, with his listening, I was coming from um, with Jack at Terry Cole Whitaker. And on Sundays, though, I would tip right on into the Berkeley house to get me a dose of Reverend Amon. And then when he shifted, sometime later, it shifted, and Reverend Amon started his own ministry, Inspiration Ministries. And when I realized that, I was right over there in the first row. And an active participant. And so I claimed Amon as my actively as my practitioner, but also as my mentor. I had no idea that we'd end up here. Lord knows I didn't know that. Um, but I did know something. You know, love recognizes love. Wisdom recognizes, spirit recognizes spirit. And so I knew he knew some stuff that I wanted to know, but I also wanted to be in the presence of that knowing. And so I hung out with Amon a lot as with him as my practitioner and as my mentor. And so across many, many years, we have kept that relationship alive. And so when we started our practitioner training, one of the things I knew right away as I, well, pre the training as I reviewed the new curriculum, I realized that it needed a whole dose of spiritual mind treatment, you know, just a training around that rather than the assumption that folks already had that. So I knew who to call. I thought nothing to do but to pull out his book and call him on and see if he wouldn't teach that. And he did. And so you know you already know him by his works. So today though, I'm going to ask, Amon, would you and Jack join me here, please? Because today we literally launch a new, I got you, we literally launch a new era. And um, the new era is that a few months ago, Amon, who has always had an independent ministry that just started taught spiritual truth, just like we've always known. That's what Terry Cole Whitaker was doing back in the day. And um, a few months ago, he reaffiliated with Centers for Spiritual Living. And so that's been a part of the process. And now I'm going to pass the mic to Reverend Jack, who will then, in a minute, pass it back to me, and we'll see what are welcome. So... Welcome, family, and good to see you all. And to also say, now that he has really affiliated, 
we wanted to make sure that we claimed him as our own. And so I am very proud to say that on behalf of the Reverend Dr. Andrea Earl and the Board of Trustees of Heart and Soul Center of Light, I would like to introduce to you our newest staff minister. Would you please welcome Reverend Armand? Yeah. So family, by way of a full welcoming, I'm going to invite you to extend your hands in his direction. And when we do this, what it represents for me is an extension of the heart. We're simply putting our hands out as if to indicate that our heart is open and that we are blessing. And so I ask you if you're willing to repeat after me, Amon, our dear brother Amon, we welcome you. Our heart is open. Our mind is open. We know that there is a word of blessing that is written on your heart and intended for us. And we are receptive and embracing of it. We give thanks for you. We love you. We see you. And we bless you in return. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you, heart and soul. You know, another part of that story in the introduction is that when I was at East Bay in the 80s, Tyrone was the musical director. And um, he brought it to us every Sunday through the powerful choir that he built there. And I'm so thankful that he's here today with his team. And, but the challenge that I have is that he's already brought my message. <laughs> now I gotta follow that and just develop it. But, he, but he's given you the essence of it. I want to thank my special guest here today. I don't go anywhere without it. Some people call it him. And uh, he is the teacher with the capital T. I am just the speaker, the small T, the facilitator. I say what I am listening to. I say what he says and tells me to say. I lend him my tongue as he uses my mind to bring the message. Now, my challenge to you is, I'll be here again the next couple of Sundays, but I'm expecting to see you again, because after you hear me today, you're going to be back. <laughs> yeah. But I, I want you to introduce me to the guests that you bring, because you're going to tell somebody about that man. And you're going to tell them about the healing that you experienced when you were here today, because they're going to see you again in a way that they have never seen you before.
changed. Because when you come into a place like this, you should not leave out, not changed. It is because of the guests who I bring. I want to thank all of you for being here, but I want to thank Reverend Jack for making a special effort to be here today. I appreciate that. And I want to thank Dr. Andriette for trusting that she's doing the right thing. <laughs> Listening to the voice. Now, I have a special message today because I'm aware that you have a spiritual practice of using the book of my mentor of mentors, Dr. Daniel Morgan, who was my fundamental primary teacher, uh, Guidance Church Religious Science in Los Angeles. That's where I became the first license, license as a practitioner, and he encouraged me to go into the school of ministry, go into the ministry, because it wasn't, I don't think, it, it, it wasn't a conscious dream of mine. And I resisted it for a long time, but I was serving as an administrator with him in a powerful, fast-moving fast movement in Los Angeles. And um, since he became the author of one of the books, and that is on affirmations that you're using. And so that's what I want to talk about. I want to educate you on what you are doing and teach you more clearly on how to do what you're doing. I want you to know what you're doing when you are using these daily affirmations when you are practicing it. And um, the message that I bring to you around that comes out of um, personal experiences, which is going to be developed in my talk. Now my talk specifically is affirmations vitalize faith. Can you repeat that? Affirmations vitalize faith. I want you to personalize it with my faith. Affirmations vitalize my faith. One more time. Affirmations vitalize my faith. That's what you're doing every day. As you're practicing these daily meditation, you're vitalizing your faith, you're empowering your faith. Affirmation I have learned, let me see, learn. I have grown into a clearer and deeper awareness of understanding truly what affirmation is from a 40 year training and learning experience. And so you're capitalizing, you're benefiting from what I have learned to the plateau that I've grown to. So what I'm able to do is to help collapse years of experimenting and exploring and searching for you. You're blessed. <laughs> I want you to repeat this one every day in every way. I am getting better and better. Come on. Every day in every way, I am getting better and better. One more time. Every day, in every way, I am getting better and better. And one more time. Every day, in every way, I am getting better and better. Now, 
I'm going to put you to work. Um, I'm going to conclude this message with about a three or four minute guided meditation using this concept. This is preparing you for it. You see, we say that in this teaching, it is not a lazy man's religion. You have to do something. You have to engage. You have to use your mind. I want you to imagine now. And in your imagination, I want you to hold or see a cup of ice. And that, ice, that cup is transparent. You can see what's in that cup. And it is a piece of ice. You got that? Now this cup, this is a metaphor. This cup symbolizes your mind. And in that cup, that, in which you can see this piece of ice, that ice represents a belief, a feeling of a problem, a situation. A circumstance, an issue, some mess, some stuff, some doctor's opinion, some impasse, something that's holding up your blessing, something that's impeding your, your, your aspiration, your success, whatever it is, that ice represents it in that cup in your mind. Now, that ice in your mind, you are going to imagine it melting away, changing its form, dissolving, evaporating because of the condition, the changing in the condition of the environment that it's in. Equal to your presence here. Your presence here in the presence of my guest in the presence of God is changing the environment, the condition of your mind, your mental equivalent, so to speak, and it is dissolving that belief represented and symbolized by that ice in the cup. And as I talk today, that belief is chemicalizing. There's a catharsis going on in your mind uh, Ernest Holmes says in the Bible it's called casting out demons, but we ain't saying that. Ernest Holmes said it. Uh-huh. And it's melting away. And so as you walk out that door, you're going out a changed person. That situation is in the past. It's behind. It's gone. It's done unto you what? As you believe. That's the little three or four minute guided meditation I'm going to take you through at the end of this talk. So, I said that my topic is affirmations vitalize faith. What I'm going to do is take you to a deeper understanding of that third step of the spiritual mind treatment called realization. Mm -hmm. Now, realization I have learned through the help of this sister over here in our process of collaboration in our spiritual exploration and that is realization now for me as a noun has 
it com it's consisted or comprises of three other words. So it's a compound now in that sense, in terms of its meaning. And those words are receive, have, and acceptance. Is this a teaching? Take notes. Mental notes. So what are those three words? I'm going to ask you to repeat them as I say them again. Receive, have, and acceptance. One more time. Receive, have, and acceptance. The dictionary says realization is the fulfillment of something that was previously only imagined. Like the realization of a dream of something becoming true. Previously imagined. So, it is possible for you to be influenced or affected by either of these three aspects of realization. What three? Receiving, have, or acceptance. Now, this is good for psychologists. To, this is good for practitioners to understand how to deal with someone that you're sitting and working with. And so these three aspects are states of mind. I am bringing to your awareness that this stuff that I am talking about is caught, not taught. Caught, not taught. The Bible says what we're talking about, this process, is turning around the lies of the enemy, Satan, and replacing it with the truth of God's word. We call it turning around all of the thoughts that the ego has influenced you to believe. And our process is not trying to get rid of it, destroy it or so-called cast it out, but to supplant it. And that is the nature of affirmations and denials. See, with affirmations and denial, you're not trying to get rid of something. What you're trying to do is supplant something with the truth, and the truth sets you free. The truth does its own dissolving, melting away, vanishing, so-called casting it out. So what I am teaching you is to how to build your affirmation of faith. What I have just described to you, I would rather say defined for you, is the meaning of mental equivalent. What you're doing here is building a new mental equivalent that supplants the old mental equivalent therein and thereby you are change. You are healed and you demonstrate whatever it is that you desire. All right? And so with this new conviction of empowered spiritual faith, you know not only can you change your own life, but you can be a powerful influence in the lives of anybody who enters your aura. You have a healing consciousness. 
You see, Jesus had a healing consciousness. He had a consciousness that healed. And anybody who entered into his atmosphere touched the hem of his garment and could not help but to be healed. You don't say nothing. Just be. Just be. And when they think on your name, you know I thought about you, Amon, and I feel better. People have told me that. Um, I was involved in a situation a few hours and leave, before leaving, coming here, maybe the day before, the evening before, or something, but two people called, they were on conference, and, and, and you know, tapped me in because they were trying to resolve a little issue. And um, I'm close involved in this situation. And they wanted me to give my input, and I said, uh, well, let me say it like this. This is my birthday week celebration, and I'm just trying to fit in time for all of these invitations and all of this stuff. One after the other, after other dinners and celebrations. And so, see, I got it like that. <laughs> and as a result, I'm kind of behind on preparing to get on the plane in the morning. I say, well, let me just say that, you know, I've been very busy with these birthday celebrations and um, I've got this and then let me just put it this way um, we'll get together on Monday now I already knew what I had to say but I knew if this one heard what I was going to say today it was going to be a little rough of waters there if I spoke the truth and said what I see we'll just um, come down and be at peace and we'll just and hung it, and they said, okay. About an hour later, I get a call from the instigator, the one who I was going to have to correct. You know, I just had to say this. I know you told me to wait till Monday, but I had to say this to you now. When I was talking to you, I felt such a sense of peace and calmness. And it affected me so deeply until I had to call and tell you that, and went on and on and on. But when I'm telling you, that's my mental equivalent. You see, I have judged not to judge according, I've learned not to judge according to appearances, and I know that uh, nothing has any meaning until you give it. See, nothing has any meaning until you give it a meaning. So let me go on with my outline here. Receiving is having, but having and acceptance are not always the same. Receiving is having, but having and acceptance are not always the same. What I mean by that is that there have been documented cases, now receiving and having, hold on to that, and then see why acceptance is so important. There have been documented cases. I read this in a book 20 or 30 years ago, and I, I never let it go. I don't know who wrote it, but somebody said that there have been documented cases of autopsies done on deceased people where they have found or discovered that the individual had incurable disease or diseases but were never affected by it during their lifetime. They didn't even know they had it. Wow! What does that mean? That means they received it somewhere unknowingly, unconsciously, 
They received this, so you can receive something and have it or not have it, but that acceptance thing stands alone. Because they received it and were never, the sickness had never manifested. And they died, but they didn't die of that. Which only means they didn't accept it. They received it and they had it, but didn't accept it. You go to the doctor to find out what I have. Because you done received something. And then, I almost said the wrong thing. And then, see, I'm still trying to say the wrong thing. Dumb enough to accept it. You don't have to accept everything that you have. You don't have to accept everything that you receive. And yet, those are three distinctive aspects of the one word realization. I think it's religious male practice to die of something unnecessarily. You don't have to die because you have cancer. You don't have to die because you have AIDS. You don't have to die because you got name it. That's that thing's business. Got nothing to do with me. You don't. Mark 11 puts it this way. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. Here's that word have. He shall have. Didn't say he have to have. Whatsoever thing he said, whatsoever thing that he has created or manifested in his life, because anything that you have, you've spoken it uh, uh, consciously or unconsciously. He says, therefore, I say unto you, whatso things soever ye desire when you pray means as you pray, believe that what ye receive and have. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Mm-hmm. See, you see, I didn't make this up. Well, there's another scripture that says, with God, he said, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible, but we overlook the word with. With men, this is impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. God cannot force you to, will not, I will, should say, will not force you to accept. Acceptance is by free will. Now, the ego can manufacture all kinds of stuff. And you can have whatever, fill in the blind, fill in the blank. You can have all of that stuff, diagnosed or undiagnosed. But you don't have to accept it. Thing cuts two ways though. Now it cuts two ways. The other way is that there are things that you have already, which is called answered prayer, and you have not accepted it, and you're still praying for it because you're too. What's that word? I, I don't, I'm trying to say the wrong thing. 
dumb. So we're accepted. Tyrone, I'm going back to the 1980s. I couldn't control my mouth then, I ain't changed. It's religious malpractice to sit up here and keep on praying for praying for something that you already have. God has already answered the prayer, but you won't accept it. But there are reasons that you won't accept it. It's called the fear of what you're praying for. You want it, but you're scared. Scared, scared. <laughs> the fear of success. What will happen if you accept it? It's going to cause some change in your life. It's going to cause some change. And you know what? Prayer has fallout. It's fallout. Causes people to act fools in your life. Causes you. It has fallout. And you're not ready to deal with it. Look at people who win the lottery. Ruins their life. I mean, there are divorces that follow answered prayer in somebody's life. You know that. Well, I could go on and on and on. The man lying by the pool at Bethesda for 38 years. <laughs> 38 years. And Jesus walked past and say, what? Do you want? Well, before he said that, he said, do you want to be healed? See, we're praying for stuff and we don't know that we don't want it. Receiving, having, and acceptance are not the same. Scripture says, to him that hath it is given. You see there, I don't make this stuff up. <laughs> to him that hath it is given, which means realization is acceptance of what you already have. Given means to receive it. Now, I, 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 what came to my mind is I just got off the plane. I'm getting back on one in two hours or three hours. Can you imagine the pilot coming out saying, or speaking over the system saying, giving you a warning that I, I'm going on a new path I'm not familiar with it, so I want you to, to put on your seatbelts because there's some turbulence ahead. And 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 you say, yeah, what? But he's saying, don't worry, they have traffic control. You know, somebody's in charge. That's what I'm telling you for the balance of this message. I got how many minutes? Just a few minutes. Um. I was in that situation of about two years ago, 2021, and, and I was on a new path, and it was um, going through turbulence and headwinds, and what they were was the result of, or in the 40 years of metaphysics, being brainwashed in it in a positive sense, you going deep into it and just washing my mind and and studying it and learning it. But I got to a point, not, I, I didn't get there suddenly. I had been there for 10 years. 
of the turbulence, of seeing the appearances of what I was interpreting as wrongly so, interpreting as incongruencies in the, among the philosophers and what they were teaching and the ones that I hold in dear, um, inconsistencies and, 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 and lack of clarity and, 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 and all of that stuff and it began to bother me and so I set out to solve the problem myself and by this time after connecting with uh, Dr. Andriette here, I was sharing that with her and she was sort of in agreement and I, and I, I suggested to her that we collaborate to working on this together and she thought that was the right thing to do and she proposed us getting together on 6 a.m. in the mornings and we did that for almost a year and we were going strongly and deep until her godmother became ill and she, we couldn't continue that because of the demands and, and, um, and, and while we were doing that, something happened. One of the uh, elements of our process is that because she was in my A Course in Miracles workshops in the 90s, and we remember, and she's practiced it since then, so have I. And what we decided to do was to go start with the Course in Miracles from the front and go all the way through, but it was interrupted because of her experience. And what we would do is take a lesson, and we decided not to go from day to day, but to stay on that one until we exhausted it, until we understand clearly what it meant. But we could do it. We did it in association with all of the other uh, disciplines that we know. And, and we started coming into such profound revelations, and we started creating and making our own spiritual glossary to keep a, 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 a compendium of those. What came through her mouth and mine was that how great it would be if our ministers and practitioners and leaders could benefit what we're benefiting by and could share in these revelations and inspirations and insights. And I'm talking fast now because a lot happened. And she began to say, have you ever considered reaffiliating with the CSL? And I said, no. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it at all. And um, so we went on, and then shortly after that, she, I realized that she was putting a spell on me. <laughs> Working stuff. Because I began to think about it more and more. And finally, I surrendered, and she put in some calls to give, do some, find out some information, what that would take, and so forth and so on, and speaking fastly here. Um, a process started, and I went through submitting documentation and going through a couple of panels and whatever. And then a date was set for me to go to a final paneling, what they called it. And on that day, the very next day or the day that I was supposed to sit for these, this paneling, <coughs> I'm coughing. <coughs> I'm coughing. But it was severe. But I had been coughing for three years. Let me put this down so I can wrap this thing up because my time is gone almost. Seatbelts. Click, click. Everybody say click. <laughs> click. Click. So I'm coughing for about three years. And so this time I'm coughing so severely I got to go to the emergency room. And so when I got there at two or three in the morning, they said, uh, sir, you have COVID. I said, oh, yeah. Yeah, I am. I've been there four or five hours and I was getting ready to go home because they hadn't gotten back to me. And so they said, well, we want to keep you here. 
hospitalize you. And I said, no, I'm not staying. They say, but okay, well, you can go. If you go, we want to send a nurse to your home for a few days, and they're going to give you lung treatments. And when you take, take this medicine, it's called the philoxetine, the, the new medicine, and you take two pills five days for five. I said, okay, I'll do that. So the next day, ain't no nurse called me. I went, if you ain't called me, I ain't calling you. Because I'm all right. I didn't accept it. But I had it. Receive, I'm coughing. Have, you done diagnose it. But now the next thing is, you don't have to accept it because somebody told you something. You don't have to accept it because you got a little bump on your leg. You don't have to accept it because you got some symptoms. You don't have to accept it. Deal with it. Establish a new mental equivalent. And so, and so, and so, and so. I took two pills, one dose. The rest of them I'll bring you the next time I come to show you. I didn't take it. But what happened here, I decided, um, what happened was, this is my spiritual journal. What happened was, I got mad. And I said, this ego thing here has been bothering me too long. I had a list here. See, at the same time, I had been for years dealing with something, going to the doctors backwards and forward, some taking medicine for it, and something getting prescriptions never opening the medicine for it. A long list. Let's start with heart. They want to go through a heart catheterization four or five years ago and put a stent in the heart. So I went back for a second opinion. I said, uh, I, I'm not feeling that. And he said, okay, I send you to another cardiologist, go second opinion. When he gave me the second opinion, he said, hmm, I don't know why they want you to do this. But see, every day and every way I am getting better and better. What's going on in between these appointments? I'm doing my mental work. I'm establishing a new mental equivalent. Finally, you know, uh, uh, I go to the third one, and he is going to say the same thing that the second one said. But while I'm there, he says, sir. No, no, he didn't say it that way. He said, but I want you to follow up on your doctor because, you know, you got a chronic kidney thing. Well, that had been told me for two or three years. Every time I go, you got kidney thing. You got kidney. I had it, but I hadn't accepted it. I ain't experiencing nothing about no kidney thing. It looked like I already knew it before you know it. But you got kidneys in And so I said, do he, he, he emphasized, sir, you have kids. So I just walked on out. Well, <laughs> at the same time, they had told me that you're pre-diabetic, and they put me on these prescriptions, this medicine that I got bottles of that I never opened. At the same time, I'm coughing and coughing and coughing and coughing, and the doctor had told me a couple years ago that you got bacteria on your lungs. And he gave me an inhaler. Breathe this, breathe this, and breathe in there. Well, I got him in the bottom of the refrigerator, but I ain't breathing it. But the coughing is going on. I got a lot of other stuff. It's, I passed it up in my notes. Let me tell you three or four things. Uh, 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 your, your white blood cells are low, and you're precancerous, and da 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 da. So I want you to take this. Well, I got the bottle, but I ain't never opened it. There's something else. Can you remember my other stuff? I told you about it. Uh, uh, I'm in a hurry. I'm in a hurry. I'll tell you the next time, but there's a couple more, huh? Arthritis. Thank you. You just told me. Arthritis. You know, I'm hopping with the knee with the arthritis, you know. 
So the COVID thing up, I, so here's what I did. I had an appointment coming up for the next panel, you know, for the final thing. I said, I, I sent them a CSL email, I said, no, we're gonna put that on hold. I, I'm not doing that right now. Why am I going through all this process to become a minister of a new organization, standing up here and preaching this stuff that ain't working for me? That I can't work for myself. So then I sat down with my spiritual journal of uh, April 22nd, and I wrote this. Luke chapter 7, verse, since I know the Bible, me and we were friends with the Bible. Then Jesus answers, I can't read all of that because of my time, but let me tell you what it says. <laughs> See, Jesus had been on the ministry a long time, but he hadn't started healing. And so here he writes, go tell John, one of his disciples. Mm -hmm. Go Now go tell John that the blind can see, the lame can walk, the this and this and so forth. And one day you're going to be doing the same thing because healing has started breaking through him. He started demonstrating all this that he had learned, that he had established and been equivalent for. So I wrote in my diary, I ain't doing nothing. I'm not doing that until this stuff works for me. Well, in July, following this, this time, I go to the doctor, did the lab, the CAT scan, the MRIs, all that stuff. And the doctor turns around, he goes through the whole list. This is normal. This is normal. Uh, the whole darn thing. This is normal, this is normal, this is normal, this is normal. Do you hear what I'm saying? In the process of my coming back, what's informed of you, I'm going to fill in some of these details of how this stuff works. My bottom line is that you can have it, but it does not have to affect you. It can be happening in your life, but you don't have to accept it that way. It ain't nothing till you call it. The only meaning it has is the meaning you give it. You don't have to die from no mess. That's malpractice. And so what I want you to do is close your eyes. I want you to go back to that cup. And in your mind's eye, you see this cup, glass. And in it, there's a piece of ice. That cup represents your mind, and that piece of ice symbolizes a situation, a problem, some doctor's opinion, some mess, somebody else's stuff. Fill in the blank. What is it that you know you need to let go of? or something that is blocking your answered prayer. I know. And I agree with you. See, that's a suggestion that I have given you. And your unconscious mind accepts that suggestion. Thereby, this suggestion is transformed into auto-suggestion. And you are now using the law of assumption you're getting into the feeling of that answer fulfilled, that desire fulfilled. You get into the 
healing, that that thing is gone away. It's cast out, it's neutralized, melted away, dissolved into its native nothingness. And in doing so, a new idea has been supplanted, and that is the opposite of that which was. And you have now become a new creature in Christ. Christ means the science, your new awareness. Take a deep breath and hold that breath. And in this stillness and in this quietness, let God be God to do only that which God can do in your mind right now. Chemical Cause of catharsis, cast out. In the name of Jesus, which simply means in the method, in the manner in which Jesus healed, knowing that he of himself had no power, but the power of the Christ, the science in him, doeth the works. In that name and in that nature, we let it be done. We let it be done. Ow! In that name, in that nature, we let God do only that which God can do. Now in your imagination, think of somebody who you love and who respects you and wants to see the highest and the best for you. See their smiles and hear their voice saying, I see a change in you. Come on now. Come on now. Hear their voice saying to you, see their smile of recognition that they see a change in you because you're not the same. Breathe in. Exhale slowly. And let this be a symbol of your thanksgiving and your gratitude. As you say, thank you, Father, Mother, God. Amen. Amen. And so it is.